This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Come in and shit. All right, there we go. We live, we live, and we back. We're going to let it fill up a little bit. Get some of y'all in here while I get set up. Oh, man. You know, I can't never remember my Facebook password. Why I changed you, it once. And like, why do you log out every time? That's weird. No, so, you know, I've, I've upgraded my equipment. So What's up, y'all? Software. Make sure y'all jump, jump in the comments and say what up. You said you've been updating your, your hardware. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to log in to shit. Uh, I just ain't know. I, I keep having to log in new shit, and it's just it's just not what it is. Got you. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Jaleesa in the building. What's going on? We in here. Happy to see y'all joining us. We know it's late. We definitely pushed it back, and we even had a New Year's resolution to be timely, but we promise you, you know what I'm saying, something unexpected happened right when we were supposed to jump on, so... We kind of pushing through and handling business. You see, we without somebody. So y'all just, you know, charge it to our head and not our hearts. You know, we out here trying to make right. it work. Right, right. George Lee is dealing with a, uh, a family issue right now. So, you know, uh, just letting him handle those things. Absolutely. Um, but we here, though. We yeah, here. George is definitely here in spirit. Um, yeah, he would, if... You know, circumstances weren't where they were. He definitely would be here. So we're gonna we gonna rock like my man's is here. We're gonna make it proud. You know, happy new year, Dr. Dancy. Thank you for joining us. You feel me? One of the one of the people that encourage us to come back. Like we come back for people like you, Dr. Yeah, Dancy. For people we come like to chop you, it up with Dr. Dancy. We come to chop it up with Dr. Dancy. I'm mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I keep coming back. It really ain't y'all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all niggas just all right. I come back for Dr. Dancy and Jaleesa. You know I'm saying, Jaleesa, Jaleesa, ride or die. You know what I'm saying, period. Ride or die. We appreciate y'all. Happy New Year to both of y'all. We really ain't gonna belabor, you know, the show because it's even late for us or whatever. We starting to get back into the swing of the new year mm-hmm. um, ourselves. So, mm-hmm. I'm over whenever you're ready to get it running. Well, first, uh, in honor of George Lee, you know, he doing his TikTok thing, about to be TikTok famous, started his own little challenge <laughs> on TikTok. Uh, confessions that will get your black card revoked. That is going to be the snapshot for the night. The snapshot for the night is confessions that will get your black card revoked. Mm-hmm. You feel me, Jaleesa? I want to hear from you, Doctor Dancy. I want to hear from you. You feel me? So I mean, this is the this is the dope shit about black intellects. You feel me? When a doctor tells me that he fucks with me, like literally, <laughs> you feel me? It's an honor. Yeah. You it know what I'm saying? It's an it honor. Good. You know, um, all right, but confessions that'll get your black card revoked. Yeah, we want to hear from y'all, Dr. Dancy. Uh, all y'all, everybody that's tuning in, everybody. I do want to start with you though. Okay, give me a couple things one or two. I ain't trying to, I don't want want you to put yourself all the way out there, but what are two things that will make niggas look at you like "Mm, she about to lose her invite to the big big? Sure. Uh, first thing is. You know, Martin was just all right. Uh, I'll die by that. Don't don't spit out your. You okay? <laughs> he, already, he already hurt himself. Martin was just all right to me. 
Um, it you know, and it's wait, crazy. wait, 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 wait. I need mean, to claim an award. That's how you make an argument. I'm I know that, I know that, I know that. But we interrupted that. We interrupted that. Just that alone, Martin was all right. I said what, what I said. It? I mean, the show had its moments or whatever, but. I really just, it was, you know, you watch it. And then after the time passed where it was culturally, I won't say culturally relevant because it's still culturally relevant. But after it was, it's runtime, I just moved on to the next set of shows. You know what I'm saying? I really don't long for the days of the Martin show. And I know it, it's a sweet spot for some people, but that's just me. Uh, the second thing that I will wow. say, and this is going to be a, a Kansas City Black card. This is going to be a Kansas City Black card. I'm going to get a little personal with this because I know I'm from the town arguably the barbecue capital of the world. Um, and I don't really bang with barbecue like that. You know what I'm saying? So all of this, Dominique is so <laughs> All of this, Gates, Arthur Bryan's, LC's, Jack Stack, this day, whoever else, irrelevant to me. You know what I'm saying? You can keep barbecue, barbecue sauce. All of that is gross, um, quite frankly. And I'm good on it. And you can feel how you want to feel. I know this is supposed to be a judge-free zone. Yes, it's supposed to be. We're just supposed to laugh about Confessions it. Confessions that'll get your black card revoked. This is supposed to be laughing, joking. I do want to point out that you offended me on two different levels, Toya. Okay, I understand you that. On the level of, I've inter- you offended I've me on my level of my blackness understood. in terms of your appreciation for Martin. Yeah. But then you turned around. <laughs> I did. And offended me on the level of my Kansas City-ness. I said what I said. And was the even my dog is like, what's what did she say? I'm not, I ain't even gonna tell you, dog. I ain't even gonna tell you. Okay. It's cause she, yeah. I said what I said. That's crazy. All Take right. Off. What you got, Dominique? What okay. you got? What you got, plug? All right. So my first one. I have a very specific Starbucks order. <laughs> I have a very specific Starbucks order, and. If they get it wrong, I, I do get slightly annoyed. Like you know, it's it's. I, I feel offended. You're offended. You get my Starbucks order. Got some right. expensive, overpriced coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Understood. Uh, it, it, it ain't coffee though. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. It's not coffee. It's uh It's one of the other drinks. I I always order a mango dragon fruit refresher. Sure. Yeah. So uh that's that's one. Um uh I get it light ice tall suburban moms and Dominique unite <laughs> <laughs> anyway and then the uh the the other one um which which I feel like this is more of like what would piss niggas off. I I didn't vote for Obama either opportunity I had a, I, I had a chance to the first time I, so to be clear, because it was twice you had a chance to do that. I just had two to vote for Barack Obama. You could have did whatever, but just to be a part of history, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it. But interesting, I did vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, and that, and that was actually one of my that was voting for Hillary Clinton was my first time voting. But yeah, peculiar. Voting for Hillary Clinton was my first. So you know that's yeah. So that's that, those are my confessions. Um, but yeah, man, doc, we want to hear from y'all though. What do you, I mean, even though we, we, we moving on, um, getting into our first child. Yeah, we're about to go ahead um, and in, but somebody speak. Let me know what y'all thinking real quick. Jump in these comments or we, yeah. we ain't going to browbeat y'all. Listen, and this is a, even though I did judge Toya, this is a judgment free zone. 
You feel me? Lying, y'all. Y'all gonna say what y'all gonna say. Dominique, y'all gonna drop. You know, he'd be real dramatic with it. Just okay. Dancy, I didn't vote at all in those elections. See, back then I was I was going through that whole, you know, rah, rah, fuck the system phase. So it was like, ah, voting don't mean nothing. I ain't about to my vote don't mean. and I was and I lived in Oklahoma. So you know <laughs> that was what it was, but yeah, so that was so that's it. We want to hear from y'all though. Um, uh, but as we as they build up the courage, yeah, to actually put themselves on blast like we did. It's your car revoke in this judgment free zone. Uh Toy, let's go ahead and get into that first chop. All right, the first chop. Uh I've been waiting to talk to y'all about this. Um, at least you or Lee, but just different people about this boosie situation, right? If y'all don't know, know. uh mm, let's see what we're gonna call this chop. This chop will be the entertainment chop. Wow! Bam. Uh, ooh, before we get into the doc, uh, the the entertainment shop, Doctor Dancy has never seen an episode of Sanford and Son. That is that's, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, that's interesting. I will. I'm gonna leave this person nameless. Actually, I might go ahead and name them because some people know him. My friend Aaliyah. Leah, I'm calling you out. This this girl ain't never seen Fresh Prince of Bel Air, not an Wait, What? She's never seen a episode of. How Fresh old is she? She is. <laughs> my roommate came out the kitchen on y'all ass. She is twenty four or so, and has never okay, seen a baby of Fresh she, Prince she of Bel Air. She's a baby though. She's that baby. She was born in the two thousands. I mean, I she's born in the late. She's born in the late the mid nineties. Mid nineties. Well, the late nineties. Like the. Well, now she's twenty four. It was it was mid nineties. She yeah. ain't never seen it. Never seen That's an episode. She didn't, see, she didn't see Happy Birthday, Ashley. <laughs> she didn't see Tevin Kent, man. Stop. We never know why, why he don't love me no more. Why he don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it. Oh, he, she, like, see, uh, okay. This is the entertainment shop. And I want to talk to y'all about this Boosie situation. So earlier, I think this week, a week or so ago, uh, Lil Boosie, I guess, went to the mall, seen a sweater and bought it. It was a red sweater with some letters on it, threw that hoe on, got on social media, said it was good. Um, it was a Kappa sweater. Uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, Black Fraternity Incorporated, uh, all of those things uh, upset, right? And typically, these Black sororities and fraternities are. Um, they have been staples in Black communities since the 1900s. This is a lot of day uh founders week so shout out to the zetas who i think today uh, the aka's just passed i feel like the deltas is coming or something like that all of those things right the alpha's finna do some business great things uh and in response the internet blew up right twitter blew up social media blew up all the cappers gonna come get you they're gonna come get you because you know black group organizations don't play about people wearing their colors uh did all of that chaos and i will say good things came from it right so at first people was initially like don't do that you gotta take it off you gotta take it off but it's a little boozy like you finna tell little boozy badass you finna tell him, badass. <laughs> you finna tell him he can't wear what he want to wear nigga. he gonna step to you so i feel like they kind of stepped back from going super super hard people said what they had to say and it was a whole kind of discussion and dialogue about it boozy got back on i think instagram live Ask real questions like what I do, why I can't do this. Somebody explained it to me. Then he was like, they like a game. 
right? And niggas like, kind of, but no. <laughs> and like, so, yeah, yeah, but nah, it was nah, crazy. nah. Now, here's what blew my mind about how things unfolded. First thing is, it's actually, you know, you can go on live with people, and this cap is on there teaching him how to stroll. Because he found out not only do the niggas stroll, so he like, what do the niggas do? He like trying to figure out about capital culture. He a hood nigga. He don't know nothing about that. They ain't went to college. They ain't thought about it. So he figured out that they stroll and stuff like that. Then found out they stroll to wipe me down at all the step shows, right? Like all the other black Greek organizations. So he like doubly like, how y'all going to be mad at me when y'all dancing to my shit? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right? So um, that's a huge component of it. So they get on there and they teach him how to step. Like it's whole cap is like really just surprisingly because they protected about that culture. They teaching this man how to step on video on live. Cool. Second thing Boosie do is come back and say, all right, I'm going to have a contest. All the best cappers out there. I want y'all to get y'all steps together. If y'all y'all got a step to wipe me down, send me a video. Uh, I'm going to pick the top people. I fly out to the Boosie show, some Boosie annual show or whatever. And the winners get $6,000. Right. Um, so happy endings all around. Right. Offense has happened. Niggas have outcried. Apologies have been made. Bridges have been forged. It's a beautiful thing. But we we know a lot about Black Greek culture in our community and how they really don't mess around with people touching their shit, right? If you ain't paid your money, if you ain't paid your dues, if you ain't did the pledging process, you ain't got crossed, stay away. You know, is that is that like a real reflection for you? Is that kind That's of experience? definitely accurate. Okay. That is accurate. definitely accurate. Accurate. So give me your experience with Greek life. And y'all jump in the comments, tell me, you know, what it is for y'all too. But what is your orientation toward Black Greek life? Uh, so for me, uh, oddly enough, uh, all of my closest friends in college, all of them niggas are Greek, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, they associated with some. Most of my niggas is alphas. So I've, I've, so a lot of the niggas I fuck with in terms of college was alphas. Um, truth be told, when I first like looked into pledging. I was interested in being a capper. Car. Okay. I'll admit that. Under surprise. Um, not surprised. I'm like under surprised. <laughs> um, but I mean, I was just it just wasn't my it it just wasn't a thing for me for real. I mean once because the debate, like doing the debate yeah, shit, it was it, like we it, was it, we was like time. that was like my fraternity. You feel me? Like it was that that other shit required too much. I wasn't you know, I ain't really. I'm, I wasn't willing to put in what it what it took not to implicate shit. But I wasn't willing to do what it took to become a part of that. Nah, Doctor Dancy, don't be rude, bro. <laughs> just, just don't be rude, man. Underwear. Uh, we got to put this one up. Don't be rude, man. Uh, but it was. It. I mean, as I can, I have an. Okay, so I, my relationship to, to it kind of shifted. So at first it was like, hmm, this is interesting. Because I was a hood nigga too. And I ain't had family that went to college either. So I didn't know what I didn't know what, the, my only the only thing that I knew about Greeks was the uh school spirit by Kanye. Mm. And I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about when he was like, These people step. And I was like, Okay, those are sororities. I can't name none of them motherfuckers until, right. like until I went to college. Um, so you know, my shit there was it was like okay, there's this intrigue, and then it turned into 
what the fuck is a black Greek? <laughs> That's always you know what I mean? like, because especially on their path, the consciousness is like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? So it was this. So like, then that was then that was then that was the criticism, right? And yeah. like partners, and and then my niggas was Greek. So like I did all the shit that they did because they was just like this is the homie. He was the homie before we was Greek. He gonna be the homie after Greek. So if we going somewhere, my nigga coming with us. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I was it just so happened that the alphas was like, Yeah, this is a cool nigga. So I so I hung with a lot of alphas in college, but you know, I got niggas as cappers. I know niggas that sigmas. Uh mm-hmm. um, it, you know you friends, you ain't got no cute friends. I, I know, yeah, I, I'm I'm I fuck with some cues. I fuck with some cues. Uh I do. Um and then all the sororities, you know, gotta love all the ladies. I mean, so it was just like, okay, that's that's yeah. y'all thing. It ain't my thing, so y'all got it. Fair. Um, for me, like I grew up, and my, you know, I went in the I was first generation college student too, so I didn't um know a lot about Greek organizations. But my mama owns Fun Fact. Got the elephant back there. Got the elephant tatted, and I have my own reason for appreciating elephants. My mama got like 150 elephants in her front room. So and you would be a delta. You would be a, if we if we go if since we doing this shit off the stereotypes. You feel me? You would be a delta. Sure, thanks. Um, however, um, and that's interesting because that's actually not what I was interested in on my path. But I grew up with a lot of people always asking, "Is your mama delta? Is your mama delta?" So I was just like, "No, she's not. She didn't even <laughs> finish college. She went to community college for a second, and that was that." But that language started to develop itself growing up and especially with her being as active in the community as she was saw a lot of black organizations doing little this little that participating and stuff so cool when i got to college at emporia state university there was no black greek organizations uh <clears throat> the alphas and the akas were the last ones on campus and they got suspended or kicked off or something wild happened by the time wild shit. yeah you know what i'm saying or i think Emporia was linked up with another campus and they shared a chapter and something happened in another campus, but because they got set down and canceled, same thing happened at our school. Either way it goes, I had nothing. But I was BSU president for four out of the five years that I spent at ESU. The fifth year I was the VP. Actually, no, three out of three out of the five years I was a president. And then my last year I was a vice president. And I did a lot of work to try to get black Greek um alums and to get black Greek um people who do chapters to come and bring back, you know, their stuff to their programming back to Emporia State. So I was there to galvanize a lot of that. But like, I, I wasn't like wedded to debate like you was, but I didn't have time. Like debate took all my time. So niggas be having interest meetings like SG Row and Zetas came back to our campus and they was having interest meetings. And I was like, I can't come. Can you email it to me? And they was like, nah, that's not how this works. Like you gotta be here to do the things to do the stuff that's part of the experience. Right, you don't just fill out no paperwork. Yeah, well, I'm like, well, I'm at least I'm happy y'all doing it. Like, I'm the one bridging the gap, sending the emails, trying to get, you know, because it's we live in Central Kansas, so hey, you, you have to drive an hour and a half. Huh? You would have been an SG row? I was thinking about being a Zeta, for real. Um, you know, you know, but that. life, you know what I'm saying? You get busy, and, and I mean, I don't think my heart was in it just because I didn't have the, the social and cultural context for it, so, you know, cool. Um, But our little spiel about our general experiences lead me to kind of ask questions about what I was talking about with Boosie and how everything unfolded. My question to you and to everybody, uh, jump in the comments whenever you, whenever you want, is do you think that Black Greek organizations' protectiveness over that culture? Because we've seen this go left a lot of different ways. Like, I don't know. I You know, I say on Twitter, 
Um, a lot of people will get caught wearing stuff or doing stuff or stepping at a party or throwing up symbols or making the sounds or doing whatever. And niggas to be on their ass like, bro, I will come and fight you. I'll nigga, I we we can square up. Like I take it to you. Like it's whatever. So, do you feel like the protectiveness of that culture and of just black gray life is petty, or do you feel like it's understandable? Uh, I was <coughs> my fault. I would say uh, it's petty. <laughs> oh, okay, it's is. I mean, there's a. There's an aspect of it of why it was created, why you know why the, the importance that it has. But I mean, in terms, it's it's tribalism, like it's it's collegiate gang banging. You feel me? Like it, I, I don't I, I don't see it any any anything more or less than that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, I mean, the publicity that you get for Boosie wearing your shit. You know, first of all, what are you gonna do? Like you niggas is not about to <laughs> ride. Y'all was on Instagram like, nah, that ain't cool, bro. That ain't cool, bro. But you a Kappa. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, I mean, that is just, but it's just like. The piece made by the political plug and not necessarily those shared by the entire top yeah. of uh, Toya, Green Incorpor- uh, Toya G Incorporated. Yeah, who, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, nobody finna come get me. You you niggas got college degree. I mean, just on the level of like y'all niggas got shit to lose. Like you niggas went to college and got good jobs and shit. You niggas ain't in the streets <laughs> banging over colors. <laughs> like, <laughs> you actually went to college. Understood. To go to to get away from that. You know what I'm saying? So Understood. to to then pledge and then bang over colors, it just it's it's kind of productive. So no, nah, I mean I think it's um I mean, I think I think it's levels to it. I think if you're a regular nigga walking around with some cap of shit and you get charged up, that's your ass. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's little that it's it's little that you know what I'm saying that that that'll come from that. Um but on the other hand, if you somebody like Boosie, like who the fuck are you like who are you just, again? Like it's a, it's a lot more niggas that know who Boosie is than know what a cap is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you know, and then and just all the publicity that you just got, like Boosie wearing cap and shit, is like that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Y'all should y'all should have made him an honorary cap for doing that. Yeah, hmm. he should have been made honorary. Like, hey, thanks for for the publicity. Thanks for putting this on. You feel me? Like on a cultural level, because just like Dr. Dancy say, there's a there's a certain level of exclusionary and snobbishness that come along with being mm-hmm. so really a lot of hood niggas in college would look at the cappers like man who is you niggas you feel me even though yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean you know you got some hood cappers shout out to my nigga tours that nigga from east side oklahoma city so i know i know where this nigga came from he a capital uh t Lou. i know where that nigga came from so i ain't even really gonna tell you. i ain't gonna play that nigga like that my nigga bobby Shout out to my nigga Bobby. Uh, he another captain from Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, the hood. So I ain't gonna play my niggas like that. <laughs> I ain't even gonna play. But them niggas ain't running up on nobody and slide no, you right. know, slide no, or you know, no boosty for that. So it's like, yeah, I thought it was a little extra. I mean, okay, I don't disagree. However, I feel like, you know, just in a very zoomed out kind of general level. I think it's important. I hate the elitism connected to it. I feel like if it didn't just come off a certain way, because I don't feel like it comes off the way that it actually is. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen 
components of finer manhood and finer womanhood and all those different things and seeing a lot of dynamic things come out of Greek organizations. I just feel like the way that they have to come off and they feel like they have to come off and they have to be is elitist. And I can say that in the same breath of saying that I think it's cool to have your own space to be like, no, that's y'all over there. So it's over here, like whatever. I just think to the point where it's like, it's going to come down to fisticuffs. Like I beat your ass, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Like we don't believe you. You know yeah, what I'm like, Nigga, you I'm in like, college. And I, I'm always... I think the biggest question has always been the enforceability of it. Like we want to believe, <laughs> we want to like, we really want right. to. Don't worry, but like I feel like I just try you. Like some, you know, social media, social media. These niggas out there just trying people. Like yeah. I'm try these yeah. niggas today and get some likes and get some laughs. No one, nobody gonna do nothing. And you know what? This is similar to. This is similar to like, for example, and this will bring back memories for any college nigga. It being at a black party and when the, the fraternities and the sororities when they strolling. Yeah. They're very aggressive, very aggressive. They're going to get through. Like So essentially, you're supposed to make way for them as they stroll their ass through the party. Yeah, and, I, and that's been the point of conversation, too. Like, how y'all just get to take up space, change the whole kickback, change the whole vibe of the atmosphere, have a show in the middle of the show. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the shit. Right. And then get mad if somebody break your line or get mad if somebody jump in and don't right. know the forms or the, the rules and start dancing. Like, they dance. Y'all stepping. Y'all strolling. Right. Dancing. And it's a conflate, some miscommunication. Like, how you get mad over that when you in the public? Like, did nobody book the, 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 the Zetas to step tonight? Like, and all of a sudden, y'all just want to get to it. And it's like... Yeah. And so, and, and, and so that, that's like, that aggressiveness is cool in college. <laughs> like because because yeah. you 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 have you learn that respect like it's a social thing. So as college, you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't see some. I mean, I don't know. I think the bigger question is, and and we'll get to that question too in just a second. But and, which is, how did Boosie even get a hold of some shit like that? They were selling it in the mall, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's a, yeah, that's a problem. You can't get mad at Boosie if he just bought the shit from the guy from the mall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think people, people, some people have said like y'all need to be checking the people who allow for that. Who shit. Who sold that anyway. shit? Exactly. But I mean, but to be honest about it, like let's be truthful. I could go down to 12th and Prospect right now in Kansas City and go to a specialty shop. I don't need a special ID or a, this is when I play to or make that. some tapas and stuff. Yeah. I can go go buy whatever I want, and I can say it's a gift, or I can say I'm giving it, and I just throw it on and do whatever. Um, when you say why would black people need this, what specifically do you mean by this? Like black black organizations, so, black Greek organizations in general, or some specific dark dancing? Oh, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong about the dancing, but I'm assuming that you're saying why why do we need elitist organizations? Because essentially, it, it it's that's what that's what is so more the, geared. The kind of to argument it. will be that the focus on elitism is one of two things. Either, you know what I'm saying, bad representations of what the organization really is like, or a small, just a small compulsion, c- c- compulsion, uh, portion. How many degrees you got? Enough. A small <laughs> portion of, you know what I'm saying, what the organization is like, right? The, the notion of finerness is not really elitism. It is just saying that we can put on our outfits and do these things and accomplish these things or whatever. So... There's be that their ability, as we call it, to spin out of some of those links, if you will, and be like elitism is in the eye of the beholder, and no, it's that's not. really bad people doing that. And look at no, our community not. service, and look at all the rest of the stuff we do, and look at what we do for black kids, and look what we do for black people. Like, yeah, you have that. You have that. Okay, right. You know what I'm saying? And and 
you know, Jeffrey Epstein probably donated to donated millions of dollars to charity. You have that. But I think with Dr. Darius, he's more speaking to, and I will play, I'll play the devil's advocate because he's, I'll play this role because this is an interesting conversation. Neither one of us being Greek, I don't want it to be like a bashing Greek session, but this is an interesting conversation because this is, this is, this is something that's unique to colleges and the elitistness, the, the elitist aspect that he's speaking to is something that's unique to the black community within these academic spaces. Yeah, and these these organizations may have these uh, philanthropic efforts, and they may be doing great shit. But what kind of culture are they facilitating? Here's where I'll dovetail and agree, right? <laughs> Joyce said, "Why are you always trying to advocate for the devil, Dom?" Um, <laughs> here's where I agree. In terms of you, know me, you know how I get down. And it's the it's the it's the it's the barrier to join these organizations in the first place that sometimes troubles me, mm-hmm. right? Because it already out of the gate says you have to. But be we ain't doing no dry snitching. Not at all. But what I'm saying is, like, in terms of the fees you got to pay to like get in off the rip, I was troubled by how I was gonna do that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take out extra financial aid money. To cut, but like, what well, am I? Should I go into debt over this? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like this is because I don't have an extra five, six, seven, and it was cheaper prices because it was ESU. I know on other campuses they was paying bread. Oh, you said you said five, six, seven hundred dollars, seven hundred, five, six, seven hundred dollars, hundreds. To, uh, so when you saying when you was talking about pleasure, they were talking about hundreds, hundreds of dollars, That's and it. I know. I know it's more expensive than that. So the elite starts at the door, right? It starts at the gate, and so it really does create potentially a type of gatekeeping elitism, even if it's unintentional. You know what I'm saying? But that's it, it gets crazy. So I don't want to sit on this and simmer on this because we got a whole nother topic to get to. But here is another question that I have. Um, and then I, I'm, I think I'm going to skip one of my questions and just jump to the end because we've been talking for 30 minutes. Um, no, no, no. It's all, it's, it's all good. Well, I mean, question, I think we kind of we've kind of talked about it like it was going to be, you know, is this should it, the passes that they give just be for celebrities or everybody? But clearly we saying it should be for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like elitism existing well, I, already. I mean, but I guess a, a better question is what's the what's the incentive for um, what's like what's the incentive for regular people to wear this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the like? What do you what like? What do we get out of uh putting that shit on if we ain't really associated I mean, with it? Get out of you know what I'm saying? Wearing shit from you know, like cultural artifacts from different points in our history or whatever. It's just like you can't deny the cultural significance or importance of Black Greek organizations on PWIs, HBCUs. Like that shit is still it has value. You know well, what I mean? Just like we need to we over abuse the word cultural significance. Think that's true. I think <laughs> you don't get to, I don't think that's that you wild for that. I mean, because I think I'm not, even trying to for him. I'm not even trying to cap for him. I'm just trying to say, you know, a lot of important people, a lot of influential people, a lot of people, college in and of itself is an example of elitism. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna split hairs all the way that's down. You know I mean, but, the, but we but there should also be like black Greek organizations to rec- represent this. I'm gonna throw this at you. They should represent the undercommons. I don't dis, and that's get that's getting that's why I'm gonna go ahead and jump to my next question. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Like yeah, my next question is, you know, black youth organizations and it's undeniable. They do uh, fantastic things. People are, who are part of those organizations accomplish great things. They work in the community. They do stuff. I've seen them out there. I've seen them with my own two eyes. I will never undermine that. But 
realistically, a lot of what we see when we really hear from them is when somebody wearing their colors or, you know, throwing up their symbols or doing something to violate and it's a social media stir or something like that. And not when, you know, black people are, and, and I'm not saying they're not a part of them. I'm not, understand what I'm saying. But I'm talking about big stands. Like we don't have Martin Luther's, Malcolm X's, yada, 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 like individuals. So in terms of mobilizing organizations, I look at them on the same level as I look like Nation of Islam. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the ability to collectivize, to pull money together, to have mm-hmm. people on a unified front. Who, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I often wonder where these organizations are that collectivize, that come together to have these conferences and conventions where their stuff is around a lot of these black issues we have. You know what I'm saying? Because we hear from them the most over right. smaller things. So what else would you like to see from black Greek organizations just as a common black person external to these organizations? And you know what? I think that's I think that's very interesting because I do I do feel that these organizations end up supporting particular movements, but given the influence that they have and the and the, and the network that they've created. They don't dictate enough movements. They're very, they're very, their philanthropy is is when it comes to black communities, second to none. I mean, you got millionaires that have created other millionaires and help other millionaires create millionaires out of being a part of these organizations, help people, you know, be connected and find. Because the- think about it, the network, and they talk about networking being important. That's one of the best ways to push back against nepotism. You know what I'm saying? Like. And it's also it's also a way that we're that we're making sure that these other commute that the the same. I mean, because outside of nepotism, white people look out for white. (laughs) I I keep it above. They people look out for their people. You feel me? We need to do the same. And Greek these black Greek organizations are responsible responsible for doing that. But I also think that that's something that shouldn't just be. It, 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 there should bridge a gap between the people that are in the organization and then what they could do for th- their their peers that aren't in the organization. Yeah, because the idea that it's just like, oh yeah, the connections that you create when you join it, as opposed to this is what these organizations do for Black people as a whole. Because I think it is. It's it's not just oh, your members like your your uh, philanthropy should be dedicated to Black people the purpose of these organizations were created to give black people a space and that's why i brought up the undercommons because i feel like too much of what they do uh and when we talk about greek organizations too much of what they do is geared towards more of what's are either already there or what's already allowed or what's already applicable you know and, and that goes from all the way you know to helping you know doing um whether it's blood drives, food drives, coat drives, those types of things, the traditional things, or whether it's supporting Black Lives Matter, supporting Hands Up, Don't Shoot, supporting particular protests on on particular campuses. But with the influence that Black Greek organizations have, to not be the forefront Mm -hmm. of of movements, to not be the forefront of particular... uh, Being agents of change. They're more so agents of status quo so if you have an organization that's already doing something there they'll they'll latch on to it but the one thing that you haven't seen from black organizations are being agents of change from from the perspective of an organization 
Because I bet you the one thing the niggas would say to counter that is be like, well, Martin Luther King is a is a uh is is an alpha, and this person is a kappa, and this yeah, but Kappa as an organization or Alpha as an organization or Sigma as an organization. Yeah, that's what I'm say is just like I think it's very convenient to have the network and to be tethered to the network in a way that's just like because I occupy this position in society, I am X, I am a judge, I am a dentist, I am a teacher, I am a this, I am a scientist. It's like that is me banding together with the unit to make something stronger when in reality you just kind of have like a lot of people. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing, here's what kills me. I know so many people who Greek that, you know, one-on-one conversation. shout out to all my Greek niggas. Like, we fuck yeah. with y'all. But I, I talk to them on a regular basis. Like, I ain't paying my dues in a minute. I ain't sweating. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, I was in it. That was a part of my life. That was a moment of my life. But it's not the most important thing to me right now. Or, right. What, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, you you beg the question of what happens beyond that four to six years. What happens when the excitement of wearing your jackets and your colors fizzle out or whatever? And what long-standing thing do you have except for something to put you know what I'm saying? At the end of a, you know, at a when, you, when you're doing your retirement, you know, giving a speech or something, or right. or, or a pen. When you drop your resume on somebody, something you just get to conveniently slide in there. But like, what does that mean later? And in a in a long standing way, and a lot Great of people, question. I think that elitism. You here's a great example of that elitism. You got to pay money and pay dues to stay active in these organizations. You know what I'm saying? After you right. did all the work you did to get in them, so a lot of people was like, I don't live that kind of life where I could just fork over. Thousands a year to be active in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so dead over that shit. That's why I'm just like, man, I feel it, and and I, I, and it's not a, and it's not an anti-Greek thing either, though. It's not a what? It's not, it's not an anti-Greek thing either. I think black people organizing on any level is is productive and and is needed, but the, but again, going back to the elitism that Dr. Dancy is speaking of, we shouldn't attempt to replicate or imitate forms of elitism that we see within dominant culture we so it's like yeah there were these organizations that existed these greek letter organizations that existed that didn't allow black people so the founders of what the divine nine were like we're going to create ours to allow in bet right bet but in 2020 is it just something? Is it is it just something that that is a rite of passage into this Greek fraternal world that has to do with elitist culture, or are we expanding our perception of what those organizations should impact? Right, like the fact that more Black people should just know about the Divine Nine organizations based off of their role in the community. Yeah. You shouldn't have to be somebody that goes to college and learn about these things. And this isn't and this isn't a critique of the organizations. Like this isn't this isn't to demean those organizations, but that that the idea though is that it you shouldn't have to be a college student or somebody associated with academia to know what these divine nine organizations represent. There should be a cultural connection outside of the college, yeah, you elitist, you know, that sec that that platform, it should be a we should be able to look at these organizations as these are organizations that are just for black people beyond college, beyond all of that, the the shit that we consider elitist. We should just have a relationship. I, I think that would be dope. 
I don't disagree. I think what's scary is a lot of people will tell us that we just don't get it and that something about it we just don't get. You know what I'm saying? And I I, I, I started off this conversation and I'll close it here, you know, defending the right to want to, you know what I'm saying, band together with your peoples. You know what I'm saying? We talk about gang culture. We talked about, um, you know, and gangs originated as ways to protect our community. So it's, it's a lot of levels and layers to have in this conversation. And I, I agree and celebrate black people getting together and linking up and celebrating unique things about, you know, and things that bring them together and bond them. I just think we do have to ask ensembles of questions, uh, two major ones being, why are there so much elitism and so much gatekeeping in terms of how people can get in and get out or access the fruit of the organization? And then two, um, where y'all at? You know, shit be, shit be popping, shit shaking right now, you know, and I, it been shaking and where y'all be at? Be louder. You know what I'm saying? Be bigger. Get that network popping. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. whatever it looks like. Be a black, be a black organization. And I'm going to put black a pin. Black Greek. I'm going to put a pin in it like this literally yeah. before I apply it to you. One of the things we have to start thinking about is a lot of the social ex- exclusions and the norms that exist socially that exclude people that are replicated inside these organizations as well. Because elitism ain't the only ism that keeps a lot of people outside of you know the walls of these organizations but i'm not i'm, a, I'm not gonna say nothing else yeah. i'm it i'm gonna yeah. slide to damo because he got a chop of his own but thank y'all for participating in the entertainment chop yeah hey that was a, that was a good one Toya. we gotta you know what i think it's certain things that we need to talk about as as black people who you know in that did the college shit but also <laughs> very heavily connected to like black communities period we there's a there's a there's a bridge that need to be or there's a there's a gap that needs to be bridged mm-hmm. within the the black college community and just black neighborhoods because i think that the the the, the, the perception is that it's a di- it's a difficult path to climb mm-hmm. and as black people who've made that path outside of greek but just college students black people who, who have endured mm-hmm. just being in college there's something that we should be doing that should be making and that's not to say that you know the college is like the answer and all that shit but there's a gap that should be bridged between like the people who experience these things like these institutions and the people that uh and the people that haven't you know anyway slide it over to your brother that's for another day uh, what we gonna do is I know y'all ain't had it in a while. Y'all ain't had it in a while, but the political chop is back. The political plug is here to bring you the political chop. Let's talk about it. Let's get it. And it's we in 2020. Remember, Trump was elected in 2016. So we four years deep into the game. Four years deep means it's election season again. And I bet you niggas ain't found and supported one black candidate. But we're not going to have the same, did you vote? Are you not going to vote? Because that's going to be another episode that we're going to do. Certainly, as it gets close. We're going to do a voting episode, of course. But it's been a lot of wild shit going on in terms of the presidency, in terms of how we view the presidency, niggas getting impeached. It's wild. Wars and shit. Wars and shit. And let me go ahead and let me start playing and put up my banner because I put your banner up. But it's 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 crazy. Twenty twenty started out with uh with an assassination. Ain't that something? (laughs) (laughs) 
it started out with uh I don't I was gonna say something bad, but I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, but but you know what? I, I wanna get into it first though. Cause it's 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 an election season. Um and I, I wanna keep this more I wanna keep this political chop just more strictly on election season, election year twenty twenty. First thing I want to pick your mind on to you. And of course, chat, please join in. More of y'all, I, I see y'all scared to actually put y'all confessions in. Appreciate you, Dr. Dancy. Jaleesa, Keevan, let us know. What is your black card confession? But in terms of the political chop, we had the two black candidates who actually showed a lot of promise early on. Uh, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris are no longer in the presidential race. They both dropped out. Cory Booker dropped out a couple days ago. Kamala Harris a couple weeks ago. Um, But here we are. Now you got white people and billionaires that are still in the race. But in terms of just being being politically aware, politically mature, black person, Mm -hmm. what is your reaction to uh, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker not being able to compete uh, on a financial level and on a polling level in terms of popularity. I'm under surprised. Um, I don't think I think Kamala Harris is more captivating to black people and has always been in the role of prosecutor and not in the ironically. Right. We like her more when she grilling niggas than we do when she trying to run for president and make <clears throat> making right, when, she, when she interrogating them conservatives niggas she was going viral yeah but the rest of that you know we made the decision that especially with the climate of police and policing that that's just not a thing for what we need you know what i'm saying and you can't just turn it off and flip a switch we've had conversations about that before and so i feel like she just didn't resonate with the public i don't even think it's a black thing or a black woman thing that's not the first thing that come to mind i think the as she had her issues the way that she was talked about how her shit was kind of, you know, pinpointed and zoomed in on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think uniquely her issues became to her because she was a black woman. I feel like she just didn't resonate with the base that she needed to get shit shaken. Right. Secondly, with Cory Booker, I feel like the nigga boring. I feel like he wasn't a fan favorite with niggas before he ran. And so. Right. Obama light. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Obama light. And so without a captivating message and without kind of the zinger to get in, everybody questioning whether he really is in a relationship with Rosario Dawson and I and people like, and I don't want to question his relationship. Like, I think it probably is real. I always have. You said you think it probably is? I, I think it is. <laughs> That's the interesting people thing people got to say about your campaign and you. Yeah. When don't nobody really know what type of shit you really running on or what you care about. Yeah. And you, for whatever reason, like you just don't resonate. And so I don't think it's because he a black man. I just feel like it's not nearly as interesting campaigning as we want it. It started to dwindle down. You start losing money like that. People not jumping behind it. They see other right. people behind and we go, <laughs> go beyond. Dr. Dancy's not wrong when he says uh, Amy Klobuchar is boring and shit too. But Shout out to uh, my nigga Khalil. Got a little bit, probably more money out the gate. Oh, she yeah, she you know she's sitting on stacks. And shout out to my nigga, my nigga Khalil is actually working her campaign right now. So, but you know what I'm saying, hustle, my nigga. Uh, see the champ, debate champ, Khalil Lee. Uh, he doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but but you know what, Toya, you are. I feel like you're 100 right. And this is actually what I've been trying to explain to people in terms of what Obama did to how we look at black politics because. 
during Obama's rise, one thing that was interesting was that, uh, I mean, this is back in, you know, back when I was even still in school, the one thing that they, they compare Cory Booker to Obama in a lot of ways in terms of what the charisma looked like in terms of how he got to where he was in terms of his, his uh, everything down education. From James the, the, like his skin this is like he's obama right i mean he definitely there was definitely the uh the, he he was in obama's class and i think that's what uh that's what set him apart early on he was he was he was one of those people that a lot of uh black intellects looked at as you know this is somebody else who is going to carry the torch for black politics but what i think what wasn't foreseen that ended up happening was that obama was exposed as a moderate and his his legacy although it's always going obama's legacy is solidified he's the first black president so even though you have a lot of uh, uh a lot of the more counterculture calling out more of what he done in terms of who he is he's always going to have a relationship with black people that's outside of criticism however everybody that came after obama is not gonna get that and cory booker and kamala harris were victims of that it's no way that we were going to accept obama and then have like wait but what about for black people but what about this but what about that like yeah you was the first black president but there was all these but what abouts you feel me mm-hmm. and kamala harris more so represented those but what abouts as opposed to being somebody that like okay this is an elevation same thing with cory booker that's why I call him Obama light. He wasn't an elevation. He would have been a, at best, at his best, Cory Booker would have a matched Obama. A lateral move. Right. It, a lateral move. We can't afford to make those. <laughs> exactly. At his best, that's that's where he stood. Um, but beyond that, he was just Obama light, Obama diet. Um, and so what Trump or what Obama did and what Trump ended up doing was created a cultural standard that we now as a people have to have with our elected, not even necessarily elected candidates, but definitely from a presidential candidate standpoint, you have to have that cultural connection. Obama was able to make it. Cory Booker wasn't able to make it. Kamala Harris wasn't able to make it. And whoever comes next has to be able to make that cultural connection. What you think? Speaking of cultural connections, Dr. Dancy says something I think that is <laughs> like not wrong. Uh, he says white people also have shorter windows to impress and no second chances if they make air quote mistakes, so they must be perfect. Meanwhile, Joe Biden flops all over the damn place. And, and still the Democratic front runner. You know what I'm saying? And that's wild. Like that Joe Biden, you know, not good for women shit went away. Joe Biden too old went away. Like now it's all of a sudden focused on only Bernie being old. Like it's just really weird how he has been able to sidestep and circumvent a lot of the criticism that has stuck to other candidates. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't even disagree. And I understand that black people are under microscope. I always go back and forth about whether or not that's a good thing. A good or good or a bad thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's and it's a bad thing. Let, let me let me not get it twisted, right? Because niggas working ten times harder, jumping jump ten times higher, we tired, right? Battle fatigue is tiring. You know what I'm saying? The energy is being zapped literally from us, and it's having real implications. My only argument is, I think niggas are just also at a point where they're hyper protective about who they get the keys to and who they get the reins to. 
because we are here taking big ass L's anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, man, I am hyper kind of sensitive about the niggas we passing off because Obama did disappoint us. And so I get it. Like I understand. Yeah, I just I just think when I think when we talk about Obama did oh shit, my phone. <laughs> I think when we talk about Obama uh disappointing us, I do think we're operating off of expectations that are unrealistic. Yeah, I think I mean the same kind of I think misunderstanding of the office that niggas, you know, just culturally we have educated ourselves in different and more meaningful ways. I think probably you know, people said president saw president and saw a magic wand. And we learned quickly through Obama that that's not how shit like that works. Yeah, that's, and, I mean, so, and and let, let me uh, let me ask you what you think about this though. In terms of the 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 criticism that, for example, Obama gets, Democrats get in t- in in terms of letting down what we consider an important part of their constituency, like letting down black people, letting down you know liberals. With Congress having like damn near eighty percent disapproval rating. Is is being let down by politicians something that's unique to black people? No. And if that's uh, the case, if that's the case, why do we put this standard on Obama as if it, it as if the 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 he was supposed to be a part of the revolution? I think the biggest thing that I think the biggest thing that uh or the most important thing that Michael Eric Dyson said about Obama was when he said that Obama is Pharaoh, he's not Moses. He's a politician at the end of the day, president or not. So it's like there's an there's an unrealistic expectation that we put a revolutionary in office because you would have to be that to say, I'm gonna do X for black people as a leader. You gotta be a revolutionary. You can't be a politician and say that. What you think? Yeah. Yes, but I think notions of politician and mixed and peppered in with notions of hope and freedom, um, which is all Obama's campaign was about, gave niggas like this kind of wet appetite for something he couldn't deliver on, but something that they bought. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, true, a politician is a politician, but that's not what he ran on. He ran on, you know, the, the supernatural nature of what happens when you do certain shit. And it wouldn't, it just wasn't no way to cash in on it. What's up, CC? What's cracking? What's cracking? Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, what I do know is there is little to no confidence in any of the candidates that are left, right? So we got the black candidates that well, hold on, we move too bad, we move too bad. No, okay. Go ahead. No, okay. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You there. No, you there, you there now. Let me fall back. You got it. No, 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 no. You there. You there. You 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 exactly there. I cause cause I mean it's nah, you there. Go ahead. I was just saying, I mean, we don't we we clearly we lack confidence for a bunch of different reasons. And actually, no, I'm not gonna jump ahead. What is Dr. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into the comments. I mean, because it, I think the uh I think the approach that the uh that that, that Dr. Dancy um has in terms of understanding what's what's going on. He says I feel I also feel like two things are true. Black people's politics can be wrong and they and they still face racialized and gender barriers that white people don't. That's facts. I don't disagree. That's facts. Um it's it's definitely one of those things to where you know we put ourselves in a position where we adhere to politics that are counterproductive to our interests and our community's interests. And then we still have to deal with the counterproductive nature of politics 
mainstream politics and black culture because that shit is only you know it's a consolation prize yeah cc says i have no interest in none of them to be qu- uh to be quite honest yeah. and that's what i want to tell you with them being gone who do you think is viable because I, I mean i hear how you do you think would you would you vote for joe biden preferable let me ask you that no <laughs> I'm not just voting for Joe Biden. Right. Um, and I think there are two conversations to be had. One is about preferable, which one would I prefer? The other one is about viability, like who has a chance to really win it. And so I think those are two different conversations. Which one are you asking me? Your vote. I want to know more so about your vote because there's a, there's another aspect that is that. Who hmm? like when I pull up? Like if I had to pull up tomorrow, it, right? If I if had, you to, had pull to pull up. up, and I agree with Dr. Nancy, but Dr. Nancy, we're not there yet. Play the game with us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pull up tomorrow, yeah, uh, I would probably vote for Elizabeth Warren. And not yo, we there? No, 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 we there. We we're there. We're on the same page with that one. Uh, um, if I tomorrow, that's what I do. I'm what you call a single issue voter, and that issue used to be race, but. <laughs> Now it's student loans. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody talking about um, if you want Damo's vote, if you want the vote of the political plug, and if you want the influence that the political plug can give you, Take talk about student loans. I will ride with you. I will ride with your ass. Talk hey. about single issue voter. Um, but but you know just to just to just to keep things pushing. Um, now there's another aspect to this election season. Impeachment. Now, given what we know about the trial, um, it's likely that there will be no witnesses in in the impeachment trial. And just to give you a heads up, the impeachment officially started today. Uh, Chief Justice John, all the papers, baby. Yeah, yeah. Chief Justice John, Chief Justice John Roberts has been sworn in as the official official officiator. He's handling the shit. Efficient. Efficient, what whatever he he the nigga in charge H N I C. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's been sworn in to do that. The House has sent over their litigators, which is a group of like uh, six Democrats. Um, I don't know if it's any Republicans on there. Um, to pretty much make the case that the House made, and it was a lot of uh, an indicted. You was it a Ukrainian or a Russian? Uh, we'll have to fact check. Uh, that spilled a lot of beans with Rachel Maddow. Um, gave up a lot of information that indicted Trump in terms of withholding the funds from Ukraine in order to get this quote unquote investigation started. So there's a lot of new evidence, and not necessarily new evidence, but more substantiated evidence. Um, and things are really going full steam ahead with this impeachment. Mm-hmm. And we're in January, we got about what 11. Right, we, should, we should know everything that we need to know about whether or not he's staying or going by February, yeah? End of February? But, yeah, because the, the impeachment trial is only going to last a few weeks. Yeah. But what impact do you think that will have on the election? In what way? Like, if he is impeached, what impact will it have? Uh, either way. Give me yeah. give me what you think will happen. I mean, if he's in, if, if he if, if he's actually convicted, he's gone. So, yeah. fuck, you know, fucking election. <laughs> It's whether or not uh, 
Oh, boy can win an election. The vice yeah. president can win an election. So, but if he survives, start with that. Start with if he survives. If he survives, I was actually gonna put that last because I think that's the more interesting take. The least interesting take is like if he doesn't survive. I don't think there's a Republican that they have ready to cook up and serve that could take his place or whatever to kind of undermine the media attention and time attention that Democrats have been getting. So I don't know. But and I think just Republicans who are already on the fence will be too disparaged to stick with that nigga. It'll be a whole or the party in general. They're gonna be like, I don't know what the hell is going on here. We don't trust you, whatever. I think they're gonna cave in and implode if he is found guilty and impeached. If not, though. If not, man, you know, these motherfucking conservatives, boy, they finna get live, man. They about to be emboldened. And I think that's a scary place to be. Um, and I'm not excited about it. It really makes me troubled about what's going to happen in November. I don't feel good about those types of victories because it makes people feel right and indignant. And it makes people on the fence be like, oh, well, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, and these people are thinking weird shit, but I think they will only get dig their heels in deeper if this man stays in the White House and this is in the world where they're looking at the like the 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 unfairness, like they looking at the fact that the House is controlled by Republicans. They're looking at the fact that the, the the tables is already tilted in his favor and in his direction, and they'll still be like, but no, he was on the right side of right. No, like nigga, yeah. it's an unfair fight. You yeah, know but, but do, do you not think it will be one of those things where if he's in if if he is um, acquitted by the Senate, that the voters won't have an impact. I mean, because we can see, especially with the new evidence that's come out, if it wasn't for the how the Republicans protecting them, it, it would be a wrap. Like anybody else could kind of see. And that's why during the impeachment inquiries, they brought in constitutional professors to explain the unprecedented nature of what's being allowed to happen simply because the ruling party, which is the conservative part, the Republicans, won't allow actual government oversight to happen, right? So you don't, so you don't think that's that's something that could also galvanize anti-Trump voters to 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 push more of like, look, we don't want a dictator. People are in love with the sensationalization of Donald Trump. They're not in love with the purity of the office or the purity of the process or the genuineness and respecting the credibility of what it means to go like they don't people don't care about that shit they love donald trump right. and so, no like i feel like excuse me there's not a constitutional bone in a lot of republicans bodies to be like let's stand on the right side of right very neutrally and respect the processes and the fact that he's undermining them i think they just love him that much they crave about what he does and that's because he feeds their deep seated hate filled bigoted desires right right i mean i feel that I they, feel ride, that. they don't ride with the position. They don't ride with the office. They don't ride with the governance. They ride with him. And that's because he represents the shit that they are too scared to say in public. And now they got a public to do it. Puppet to do it for them. Okay. I mean, I I, I can see it both sides. I, I can see it both ways. I think if, if we look at history as, as, as any example of the impact that an impeachment, a failed impeachment would have on an election, it got Bill Clinton reelected. Now I wouldn't say that got Bill Clinton reelected, and I also don't think that Bill Clinton is being accused of the same type of treachery. I mean, getting head in office ain't the same thing as you know withholding funds from somebody who desperately needed that. You know, what I'm saying somebody that we consider an ally. So 
trouble. That's a troubled marriage, not a troubled presidency. Right. Uh, <laughs> facts. Or, I mean, John F. Kennedy. Remember, John F. Kennedy is, is historically known for being a philanderer. He was not going to. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Come on now. He had the original thoughts. You feel me? Period. So, you know, that's 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 a presidential thing. But I think uh what, what Donald Trump is doing is more so he's he's cheapened the office of the presidency. Certainly. And speaking of that, um, the last part I want to touch on in terms of this political chop and um the uh predicting what's going to have an impact on this election season. The assassination of General Soleimani of Iran. And uniquely, now I have a, I have a certain perspective on that and I want to, and I want to see how things play out more before we talk about it on the shop up. Cause I do have a perspective on it and it's kind of playing out the way that I expected it to play out. But mm. Keeping on a base level in terms of the impact that it will have on an election, Donald Trump made some very specific comments about Barack Obama uh, and what he would do in order to get reelected in terms of tensions with Iran. And what he said was uh, Obama would start a war with Iran simply to get reelected. Fast forward a few years. Donald Trump is now president. And look at it. Going into an election season during the time that he was being impeached, look at it. He looked like he was starting a war with Iran. Now, what validity do you give to the argument that Donald Trump is literally playing out what he considers to be a successful playbook and using this Soleimani uh, incident as a way to spark, you know, uh, his campaign? As a way to get reelected, I'm more freaked out about the bajillion different ways that he is demonstrating, illustrating, and emulating all of the things he said his predecessor, you know, was terrible, smut, and trash for, right? Notions or, oh yeah, when, or 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 toward Hillary Clinton, right? So, uh, getting impeached was just the worst thing you could ever do or be a part of or be in proximity to in terms of Hillary Clinton. And then you got impeached. You said starting a war was the worst thing you could possibly do or get into um, as a way to boost an upcoming election. And then you started a war. You know what I'm saying? So it's the amount of ironic tweets, which we have to rely on because that's his medium of communication, but where he literally in debate, we call this double turns himself. He says one thing and then literally ends up going the other direction in a whole bunch of the ways that that shit materializes is like dumbfounding to me. And so, uh, like I'm under surprise, right? I just think that it's really uncanny. Like, that's under like this is wow. Like to the point, like, have you seen the Simpsons shit? How many Simpsons episodes have pre- predicted Donald Trumpian type shit, right? The, the Simpsons are in a class of their own in terms of their ability to predict cultural events. I think they, no, that's facts. they predicted, just, uh, I think the, 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 I don't want to lie, but I know 9-11 for sure is in the mix of that. And they also predicted a lot of weird shit that this nigga did. You know what I'm saying? So. A lot of it. I'm more freaked out by the, the, the unlikely nature that you say some shit is trash and then turn around and do it. And that socially we being aware that this is a possibility and now you've performed it, embodied it. Like, great job, sir. No, yeah, it's you, what you, you definitely see an embodiment of a strategy that he thought was viable. I mean, and this is what I speak, this is what I mean in terms of, you know, a lot of people are like, 
and and this is what I get from a lot of black conservatives is this idea that oh he's not your traditional politician. Would you want somebody that's not a traditional pilot? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Would you would you want an Uber driver who wasn't a traditional driver? Say no. what? Like what the fuck? Like I want somebody that's gonna take the plane into the air, bring the plane back down in a way that it has done that has been done millions of times before. I don't want somebody that experiments with the process of flying a plane. I don't want somebody that experiments with the process of driving a car. You know where I like my experimentation? Art and science. In literature, in movies. Yeah, try all this shit out. I mean, but then that begs the question of what type of society that we're trying to eventually get to. Because you're saying in the same breath then that you want standard fare, right? The approach to the presidency, like... I don't know if I can jump behind completely like people not. I I wouldn't say it's a question of standard fair though. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not not even necessarily saying status quo, but I'm like. But if a nigga we agree with did some mixed up shit, like it shook it up a little bit, we might be like, oh, all right, that's what's up. That's what. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like uh, the, the way that I look at politics is I view politics as a game. And everybody doesn't play the game the same way. Like everybody doesn't play, you know, all running backs aren't the same. You got power backs, you got elusive backs, you got blocking backs, you got receiving backs. You know, just because you play the halfback position doesn't mean that you play it just like the next man. But there's an archetype. <laughs> and, it's, and there's and there's somebody that understands what it takes to get from the, from the line of scrimmage to the end zone. And that's what you need from a politician. Mm-hmm. If you want a revolutionary... Go find you an activist. If you want somebody that's rah rah, I'm in the streets. I'm making a lot of noise. I'm I'm causing. I'm bringing a lot of attention to myself. I'm causing a lot of chaos. Find you an activist that you support. You're not going to find that in politics, because the idea of politics, the game of it itself, is being able to play it in a way that's beneficial to you. Period. I, I I really appreciate that football analogy. I think it really resonates. I mean, takes this this conversation to the next level. I just want to say that I love a good connection being made. You know, yeah, it's getting it from how do you get the ball from the line of scrimmage to the end zone? That's the question that we have for these politicians. You know, what that's I'm that's it. And and you know, you can't just pick it up and walk it there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like how do you get the ball from half court to the basket? You can't just reach down and grab that bitch and just scroll it on over to the goal. You have to do some things to kind of get it down there. All right, now CC says, but "Will he have consequences for all his problematic antics?" That's the question. I doubt it. He has got away with so much to this point. What's next, CC? What's next is fascism. <laughs> what's yeah. next is forms of. Authoritarianism. Authoritarianism. And then what you get after authoritarianism, you get genocide. You get, you know, um, what what's it called? Concentration camps. If you look at history, just from a historical standpoint. I, I mean, I hope the ultimate, and this is, is weird to say, I hope it's like, you know, I hope the hope ultimate consequence is impeachment, but we know what's going to happen after impeachment. So the question is, are we ready for a whole bunch of more consequences, right? And they might not be shrouded in sexual harassment disputes or starting wars or, um, you know what I'm saying, 
uh, lying about Ukraine and, and doing a whole bunch of weird stuff working with Russia. It might not necessarily be that, but it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff where we want people to be held accountable for the bullshit that they do. And so I think that's the name of the game is that one, it's a high probability he ain't going to be held accountable. And two, where he come from, they make a whole lot more that's way better at his job than he is. You know what I'm saying? So that's the scary reality of it is that consequences is a low bar <laughs> for what we should have. You know what I'm saying? For shit to get better. It's, it's looking bad for us. But we got a couple months left. We're going to see what's in the oven, what these people got cooking for us, and we'll go from there. All right. So go ahead and... um. As we uh, start this election season, give me your uh, your outlook. What's your what's your projection? Come November, um, what do you think the situation is going to be? Um, are you optimistic? Um, easing out of these Democratic candidates, uh, it's going to be Bernie Biden. I'm sad about that, but whatever. Um, Bernie Biden will, I think, probably ultimately lead to us sleeping on Biden, you know, the same way we slept on Trump. I think he's going to be the candidate. I don't know who's going to win. I don't pretend to know who's going to win, but I really feel like Donald Trump might win. And so I'm I'm eased in, bro. Like, I got, you know, delusions of grandeur, and I want to be able to abide in those. That's why I told, you know, Dr. Dancy, back up off of the, back up off. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know they all, all going to lose to Trump. Like, I got <laughs> We know none of them is beating Trump, as as man's made made it painfully clear. But at the same time, you know, political theater is what we call it, and I got my popcorn and my juice, and I'm just sitting back, kind of watching it and and seeing it unfold. And from elections here on out, I think for me, just as a, a citizen of the United States, whatever that means, um, I get you a what it mean. It don't mean shit though. Is that what, that's what I'm saying? Like. Plymouth Rock didn't land on us. You know what I'm saying? And shout yeah. out to all my indigenous people out there, all my people at the border. Yeah. All my people fighting hey, you know, I've been, I, I've been coming with the movie and the TV references tonight. I don't know where all that shit came from. Making the, the connections, man. Queen. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is uh, buckle in, man, because this shit is ugly. But we're going to be all right. We've been surviving. Uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar said it best. We're going to be all right. We're yeah. going to be all right. Yeah, man. And I said, like, yeah, to go ahead and um close this shit out, man. I know we've been keeping y'all up late, especially y'all on the East Coast. We appreciate y'all for joining and chop up. But uh it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see um how this shit turn out. Because I mean, as much as we've been bickering about what's going on, I also think we've been we've been ignoring the opportunity that we have to literally take advantage of white on white violence the democrat versus the republican the liberal versus the conservative <laughs> that ain't got shit to do with us black people that's my message to you lisa says she called her reality tv yeah it's political theater it's, yeah. it's, it's it's perfect but the democrat versus republican fight ain't got nothing to do with you black people the liberal versus conservative fight ain't got nothing to do with you black people let them hash that shit out or do whatever they're gonna do with it don't involve yourself. Look for an opportunity for advancement. You know what I'm saying we gotta we gotta look at this a, a, a lot of this uncertainty that's associated with our political process and how we trust politicians. Like I said, damn near eighty percent disapproval rate. Don't nobody fuck with politics at all. 
Democrat or Republican. So don't let them lie to you about which one you should or you shouldn't be fucking with. You shouldn't yep. be fucking with either one of them. Shout out to um, I reached out to a black political scientist by the name of Hakeem Jeffries on Facebook. Did I tell you about this? No. He and he responded because I found I found his um I found he was actually quoted in in is it five thirty eight is that Nate Silver shit. Five, I think it's a, a Nate Silver is a political scientist, a, a statistician. I mean, he does a lot of, I don't know if he's a political scientist or a statistician, but he has a website, 538, where uh, they look at, they start from the perspective of numbers. And uh, I found this black political scientist through this, through, you know, uh, being quoted in uh, on this website about some information, about some numbers that was presented. And um, he did his dissertation at, I think it's either Berkeley or Stanford where he um, he talked about how we're, he, his dissertation was called conservative in name only to get his doctor conservative in name only where he, where he explains how black people don't fit within the ideological paradigm of conservative and liberal. Right. And it's uh, something interesting to, to look into, but it's also something interesting for us to break away from. Mm hmm. Don't fall into these conversations. Don't fall into picking a side. You don't fall into wanting to be a black conservative or supporting liberalism. Yeah. Keep your priorities together. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, we don't win from that shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we go into this election season, keep that in mind. Because there's going to be a lot of these uh, partisan battles and bickering that, you're gonna, that we're going to run into. And we can't get caught up with that shit. Facts, most with facts. that being said, that's the political child. Hey, man. It's a blessing getting back with y'all. You already know what it is. We missed you. But we definitely wish you a happy new year. We, well, we back. Point for you. We, and back. we back. And we back. And we back. Missing our, our third piece, but Leah be back. Like we said at the top of the show, life is happening to my man. So make sure y'all, you know, keep his family, himself, all in prayers. You know, everything's going to be all good. But we definitely missing our homie. Um, my suggestion to you is to uh, download... Or stream that Roddy Rich. That man's is number one right now in the country. The box is out here. The whole album slaps. So get Roddy Rich and watch The Circle on Netflix. It's actually a pretty cool, sh cool show about social media um, and our culture and our society and how we use it. And I think it's an interesting inroads. I have my criticisms, but it's lit. Roddy Rich, The Circle, my two suggestions to you all as we depart. Damo, what you got for the people? Hey, man. Um just you know stay tuned like we got a, we got a lot coming this year we're gonna we're gonna elevate the bar a lot we coming with we're definitely gonna try to get some interviews we're gonna you know take it to take, take it to the next level and and we want to stay in contact with y'all if y'all want to if it's shit that y'all want to hear the chop up talk about no. because you tired of the bullshit that you get from the mainstream let us know because we trying to be mainstream, you feel me? So we trying. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah, but yeah, man, like YouTube, just 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 help us out. We trying to get out here. We doing our thing. We trying to get right. better at what we do. Right, right. We trying to grow the YouTube page. So please follow us at the Chop Up Show at YouTube. We trying to grow the Instagram. Follow us at the Chop Up Show on Instagram, and of course, we trying to grow on Facebook. Follow us at the Chop Up on Facebook. Y'all been looking for the podcast. Audio is coming back. Don't even worry about that. We'll be back on iTunes, SoundCloud, all of that stuff here pretty soon. So we back coming in full force. Y'all know what it is. You know what it ain't. It's the chop up. This is the chop up. Y'all be easy. We out.